Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, okay, so we're back. Uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt, please be on our show. Uh, I'm Mike, and Allison is sitting across from me, aren't you? Yeah. I'm really enjoying this. Why is that? Because the torture of the show (laughs) (laughs) that it brings to you. This show is something else. Uh, So... This show, uh, our show, is uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Please be on our show. Uh, We are going through Jennifer Love Hewitt's career, uh, starting with Ghost Whisperer, which there seems to be 400 seasons of that, uh, with about 36 episodes per season. (laughs) Uh, But Jennifer Love Hewitt, please be on our show. You can reach us at 254-300-7982. We are located at 1129 Webster Avenue, Waco, Texas, uh, where you were born. And also you can reach us at info at roguemedianetwork.com. Jennifer Love Hewitt, please be on our show. So we are on Ghost Whisperer Season 100, Episode 1 million. Season 1, Episode 4. 5. Four. It's five. It's episode four. five. No, 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 no. It's this episode is, four. This is definitely episode five. Because this is Lost Boys. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thank God. You started to, you're trying to throw me back, <laughs> and I can't do that. So this, this is season one, episode five. This came out uh, October 21st, 2005. Uh, the uh, synopsis of this is Melinda aims to help a trio of boys and their dog all 50 years dead, pass into the light before the destruction of the end they haunt dooms them to remain earthbound spirits. So, we start this with Melinda and Andrea. Is that right? Andrea. 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 Uh, they are in this dusty basement when we don't know where they're at. And they're looking through stuff and they're talking about an auction. Yep. Right? Yeah. Uh, Andrea is going to be the auctioneer because why wouldn't she? She, she's just not up for it. No, she doesn't like it. She doesn't want to be a part of it. Uh, but they're going through this dirty ass basement and looking at stuff. Excuse me. They're going through this <laughs> dirty basement <laughs> looking at stuff and they find a creepy picture of the house, right? Or a house. We don't know where they're at yet. 
and then uh, they go upstairs. Uh, well, actually, they're downstairs, and they hear whoosh, whoosh, wing, bing, ding, dong, whatever down there, right? <laughs> they hear a bunch of banging around. Andrea gets out of there, even though at this point, Andrea should be like, oh, it's just ghosts or whatever. Melinda's here. She'll protect me. You know, I mean, Oops. wouldn't that be the case at this point? Not how that works, but okay. Well, none of this is how it works. None of this. Uh, so uh, she, you know, she shouts out to him like, hey, I know you're here. And uh, then Andrea goes upstairs. She finally, the boys reveal themselves to her. These dirty, dirty boys. Uh, they're covered in filth. And they have a dog. Yeah. A ghost dog. It's a ghost puppy. No, it's a full-grown it's ghost dog. Puppy. Um, one of the kids looks like he's from like, you know, 1945, he's got a, a raccoon hat on. And then the other kid is just, is the normal kid, but they are both super dirty. Right. Yeah. We don't know why. They're just dirty little kids. Right. <laughs> well, we come to find out later. Well, we do. Yeah. We later. find out, we find out later. But, uh, so anyway, that's how it opens. Then we get the, you know. Hey, I can talk to ghosts. You should too, or however that opening goes. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I want to take this chance to say, uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt, please be on our show. We're at 254-300-7982. All you do is make one phone call, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Just call us one time. That's it. That's it. Just call us one time. That's what this whole show is about. We celebrate your entire catalog. Uh, so we come back uh, to the show, and... Uh, we find out that they are in Kensington Arms. That's the name of this house. It's an inn. It's an inn. Yep. Well, we find out it used to be an orphanage. Yeah. And we find that out from, uh, what's the, that dude's name? I don't remember. Mr. Gubershnotz? So I wrote it down the here. old owner. Yeah. Still Mr. Old. Abrams. That's, that's who it is. I think that's the new one. Well, no, Mr. Abrams wanders up. He's like the caretaker or whatever, or the old owner of it. Yeah. And he goes, where'd you get this wacky-ass picture? And then they say, oh, we found it downstairs. That's and he, he blows on it and rubs it. And all of, a sudden, you, all of a sudden you <laughs> see the inn that used to be the orphanage. And then he tells them all about the fire that uh, happened in 1956 and a bunch of boys died. Uh, and then I wrote down knick-knack paddywhack. Why, why did I write that down? <laughs> At some point they say knick-knack paddywhack, I guess. I don't know. But it, it used to be the St. Michael's Home for Boys, and it was an orphanage. So it was a boys' mm -hmm. orphanage. Then they had the big fire, uh, and then Melinda tells Andrea that uh, when child spirits die, they get attached to places, which is not at all what we get proved later. I mean, there's there's... The things they say and the things they do in the show are completely different. It's, it's super different from each other, right? So um, we find out that uh, there's a kid named Rat, yeah. a kid named Marty, and a kid named Victor. Um, and uh, they are still attached to the house. Um, we go upstairs where the two dirty, dirty ghost boys uh, take um, Melinda. Melinda upstairs to meet, to meet rat. rats. Yeah. And one of the kids is holding a mirror in front of rat for some reason. And then uh, he's like doing, they're doing his bidding because rats like the super uh, alpha of this group or whatever. 
And he gets pissed off when Melinda starts talking to him and busts out some windows to prove he can do it. And so Andrea's like, well, how did that happen? She goes, well, you know, ghosts can build up power over time and then they can make things happen. Duh. Okay, so we found out that in the last episode, it takes all this power to even make the lights flicker. And now ghost, dirty ghost children can make windows bust out. So that's a little bit. Yeah. Uh, again, I never said the show <laughs> didn't contradict itself. <laughs> So they're outside and they're they're putting all their loot into the into the car to take to this big auction because they're basically they're auctioning off everything in this in this dirty dirty ghost house uh, so that they can then sell the house they think uh, up comes a Mercedes big black Mercedes with a driver and the guy in the back introduces himself as Tobias Northrum one more time Tobias Northrum. Um, and he says he's going to tear it down. They're going to tear down the damn house when yep. she can't do anything about it. Right. And she's like, Oh my God, no, not don't tear down the house. Really good acting by Jennifer Love Hewitt, who we would love to have be on our show. Jennifer Love Hewitt, please be on our show. Two, five, four, three, zero, zero, seven, nine, eight, two, just one phone call. That's all you need to make. Um, so the raccoon boy, uh, tells Melinda after Mr. Mercedes drives off, that um, he knows they're dead because they never get hungry, they never sleep, so that equals dead. Uh, but he's very lonely. <laughs> and then he asks her, won't you just spend the night with us? <laughs> Which is just weird. It's just really odd for a raccoon boy to make that call. Um, we go back to Melinda's house. She says she can't spend the night with him, by the way. Says she can't. Then we go to her house. Uh-huh. where wow. husband, what's the husband's name? Jim. Jim mm-hmm. says uh, he's got this friend coming in, Lou. But Melinda. she does, she doesn't <laughs> like Lou. Because Lou's a punk. Uh, she says that Lou calls her the Yoko Ono of their group because he feels like she broke them all up. Uh, and then she goes, well, I got stuff to do too. I'm going to go spend the night in a haunted house. So she completely changed. She told Raccoon Boy that she wouldn't do it. And now she's like, well, Lou's coming. Screw that. I'm going to go stay in a haunted house then. Which is weird, right? Duh. That's what you do when you don't like someone's. So she, she like storms out, but then she gets in the, she gets in the car. Uh, they almost step on the bush, by the way. There's a bush in the yard, and she's very protective of this bush. Don't step on my bush. Um, and so she gets in the car, and she's, she's like, I, I felt like she was pissed off when she left, you know, because stupid Lou's coming. Uh, to help put in the furnace. But then she gets in the car and they're just like, hee, hee, hee. And they're joking and laughing. Because he made it all better. And then we By love you doing what? Not stepping on the bush? And then, uh, yeah, sure. And then here comes Lou. <laughs> so Lou comes driving up in his dirty old truck with the furnace in the back of it and runs right over the damn bush. So we know Lou's a freaking train wreck. Um, <laughs> and then we get uh, Melinda going to the haunted house. And here's my note f- 
from that, okay? From the first scene when she walks in, I said, Mr. Abrams is spooky as shit, is what I wrote down. <laughs> because he's just sitting at this big table, like, going over papers and stuff. But it's under candlelight. It's all candlelight, yeah. I don't understand. He's sitting in a burnt-down old orphanage with ghost boys in it under candlelight looking at papers. I still don't know who this dude is, by the way. Yeah, he was the old owner, right? But I still feel like there's something weird with this dude. And it, just spoiler alert, you never find out about this guy. No. You know, you learn absolutely nothing. You just know about- his name is Mr. Abrams and he's spooky as hell. <laughs> um, he, he does say he believes in ghosts because weird things happen around there. The next thing we get is Melinda sleeping in a very nice bed for a spooky old burnt down orphanage. I, it's a nice bed. Like, the bedroom doesn't look burnt up. What happened? They rebuilt it to make it the inn. Oh, I see. Uh, okay. Why didn't they fix the letters out front? Because there's, like, letters falling off the front of the house. It just got old. Okay. I don't control that part, man. Okay. Now, now how God, much... I hope you don't control any of this. Um, <laughs> now, how much they pay attention to but she, she's laying in this bed and she's in like a full gown, like a dressing gown, like this. You think like she, it was like, but she doesn't sleep in that all the time. Anytime we see her at home, she's wearing like a little skimpy thing or whatever. Now she's wearing like haunted giant dressing gowns. She kind of wears that often enough throughout this. Like really? Oh, yes. Okay. Right. It's very weird for it's being, foreshadowing, I guess. Like very much set. Being set in 2000, but it's, like, not. What do you mean? Like, her dressing. It's oh, not. Yeah. Like, no. who in 2000s wears a gown? Anytime you turn the lights off, this show changes. Like, <laughs> it, it, anytime there's supposed to be, like, something spooky, everybody's dressed different, everybody acts different, everything, right? And by the way, I got a huge bone to pick at the end of this thing. Oh, no. Yeah, and I think you know what. <laughs> so uh, she's in a dressing gown on the bed. Uh, she hears the boys playing uh, in the other room. She finally gets in touch with them, um, and they ask her to read them a book. And so I just wrote down, boys can't read, <laughs> uh, but Ernie could read. And Ernie's the one that they never found the body of, right? Yeah. So these boys don't know, but their favorite favorite uh, book is Peter Pan, which makes total sense because, well, I mean the thing's named Lost Boys. I can get over that. That's not a problem, right? So she I mean, starts, huh? You got to tie the show in somehow. Well, sure, sure. So she starts reading Peter Pan to them, uh, and then the kids tell her that uh, Rat's brother Mikey got adopted. And so there was a lot of crying and stuff whenever he left. And that's one of the reasons Rat's so tough. And then they drop the truth bomb of the fact that uh, the kid drowned. He got hit by a big wave is what they said. <laughs> and he drowned at the beach after he got adopted. So it's not bad enough that this kid, that the one brother died in a fire, the other brother gets adopted out from under him and then dies at the beach. That's, um, a, that's a rough family. There's two of the elements right there. Huh? You got wind, you got water and fire, and now you just need wind oh, yeah. and earth, and then they're good. This show's got some wind, all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I just wrote down, she sits there and reads to ghosts. And so <laughs> that's what she's doing. She's reading Peter Pan to him. Uh, but Rat is right around the corner, and he don't want none of it. I don't want none of it. I see what you're trying to do, right? That's what he says. Yeah. And so he wants her out. Um. 
This is a good time to mention that uh, we would love to have Jennifer Love Hewitt on our show. Jennifer Love Hewitt, please be on our show. Our phone number is 254-300-7982, and you can get a hold of us at info at roguemedianetwork.com. Jennifer Love Hewitt, please be on our show. Is that her that, stuff? Uh-huh. That's our information? That's who? That's our information? That's our information, yeah. It has oh. been for a while now. So <laughs> <Wow>. next, <laughs> next scene, we're back at... Oh my God, this stuff is so old. Please buy it. Um, what's it called again? The inn. I don't know the name of the inn. Better than ever was. Oh, the uh, super, antique. Super antiques go nuts. Yeah. That's not it. What's it called? I don't know. You it, came oh. up with it last time. <laughs> uh, Better than ever was. Yeah. Or something like that. It's something. I don't know. It's, it's, please buy my china. Um, the point is, it's the antique shop. That's and so <laughs> to her and Andrea are talking while while Melinda just lays on something, which, again, not seeing a lot of work out of Melinda. She just doesn't do a whole lot. She right? never does. She lays on things and talks about stuff and scares Don't ghosts worry. into bursting things and then just leaves. Don't worry. It gets worse. Okay. <laughs> so uh, she comes up with the bright idea of starting the Grandview Historical Society which is not a thing. And so she asked Andrea to be her vice president in it. She says she's going to pass at that. Um, but she goes and talks to the guy uh, from the Mercedes who wants to tear the place down, and he still wants to tear it down. He's very adamant about it. By the way, the guy that was in this uh, as Mr. Teardown is Bruce Wheats. I believe I'm saying his name right. Wheats, W-E-I-T-Z. I know him from way back because I uh, first saw him on Hill Street Blues. You probably don't even know what that is. Nope. TV show in the 80s. Very, very good cop drama. He was on Hill you Street Blues the first time the I saw 80s him. is a whole 10 years. You do realize that everything's recorded and you have a television. So You do realize you anything it. that's before me, I probably haven't watched. Well, that's just depressing. <laughs> I mean, by that logic, you don't know what World War II is. Um, I only know it because we were forced to learn it. Mm -hmm. If it was up, you should to be forced to learn about Hill Street Blues. It was a very good show. Uh, so we're back at uh, Melinda's house after she gets the disappointing news that the guy from Hill Street Blues wants to tear the place down. Uh, he's very adamant about it. She goes to open a door, and there's dumbass Lou with uh, like a, a cucumber face mask on, <laughs> and tells her, "Boy, this stuff's really good. It makes my skin tingle." Or, this guy's a dipshit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so i just wrote down lou with face mask on dash idiot so <laughs> that's what that is. is yeah uh so she goes to her computer and she's looking up uh what what seemed to be very new articles on this thing that happened in 1956 um but it's it's news articles about it and it talks about how the doors were locked for some reason we never find out why the doors were locked they say I mean, it might have been a new security guard or something, but where the hell's a security guard at an orphanage in the middle of the night? I mean, shouldn't <laughs> don't you hire a security guard to be there the whole time? I mean, why would you not lock the doors, though? To but an why are they locked from, from the outside so people can't get out? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's jail. That's not an <laughs> orphanage. That's a jail. So anyway, we see pictures of the kids, and we see all four of them that died. This is the first time she realizes, oh, crap, there were four of them, not three. So we got Rat, we got Victor, we got 
Mulaney or whatever his name is. The other one. Yeah, we got the other one. And then we got the dog. Damn dog ghost. Uh, and I so. It, I <laughs> get a sense you don't like the dog. No, I like the, the dog's very cute. He's very friendly. He's a cute little dog. I, I don't know that there's such thing as dog ghosts, but okay, because they'd be everywhere. Um, so anyway, uh, she's looking at these and then in through the front door of her house busts like seven guys and they're all obviously drunk. Why they all have to go through the door at the same time? I don't know. I just wrote down dumb guys bust in door, more idiots. <laughs> Cause there's so many of them and they're like, all right, Melinda, sorry, I'm going to get a beer. Uh, and so. And then she says something that's really cutting to, what's her name? Jim. 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 I don't know why I can't remember Jim. He's very generic. Um, she says, you know, I figured it out. It's not that I don't like Lou. I don't like you when you're around Lou. Man, that cuts to the core right there. That is rough. <laughs> Just saying. Get rid of your friend because you're an ass when he's around. Ow. Yeah, that's tough, man. But anyway, we she ends up, she's like, okay, all these idiots are here. I'm going to go to the haunted house again. So she she takes off to the haunted house. She sees spooky old Mr. Nothing in the house, and he tells her about Rack, or excuse me, Rat, Vic, uh, Marty, and Ernie. They all died, and the fact that Rat and Ernie were really good friends, you know, they were always together. You couldn't break them apart, but they never found Ernie's body which uh, two of the kids, I'm assuming Vic and Marty, were holding hands. Um, Oh, They burned to death holding hands, and the dog was right next to them. So it sounds cute. It sounds nice. But then you also have to remember, they burned to death. Uh, So uh, the old man is there telling Melinda all about this, and Rat is basically standing right next to him, cussing him out. Uh, and then he gets so pissed off that he breaks his wine glass and the old man just goes, well, I told you it gets spooky around here. He just busted a wine glass out of nowhere in your hand, dude. That's a little more than just spooky. So, uh, huh? Spooky things happen. Spooky things happen. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, uh, while I've got the time, Jennifer Love Hewitt, we would love for you to be on this show because the show is called Jennifer Love Hewitt. Please be on our show. You can call us. At 254-300-7982, we'd love for you to be on our show. Jennifer Love Hewitt, please be on our show. So now that um, the old man has told her how spooky the place is, uh, her husband shows up because he's like, well, I got to go to my wife. And this he did the right thing, right? He followed her there because she basically told him, you know, you're an idiot. Uh, and so he follows him there. And then Rat and the dog are sitting on the roof. And they don't want this. They don't want Jim there, so they throw a letter K at him. K bye. <laughs> he throws a letter K at him, um, and he comes in and he finds Melinda, and she's in there talking to the ghosts about Peter Pan some more. Um, and uh, the ghosts go poof, and he's oh shoot, I scared the ghosts off. But he stays the night with her. He offers to stay the night with. Me. With Melinda. Mm-hmm. Hmm, sorry. Yeah. I had a ghost in the system there. <laughs> so he offers to stay the night with Melinda. Uh, and then we go to the next morning. And I'm going to say a word here 
and I want you to... <laughs> Just one? Well, I'm going to say a word that I don't think you maybe... Maybe you've never heard the word, or maybe... I don't know. This is a whole lot of words for one word. Well, I wrote down a sentence. Canoodling in bed, bulldozers show up. So they were canoodling, right? They were like, ooh, doo-doo-doo-doo. That's canoodling. Uh, and then they get scared by the bulldozers showing up, and she's like, oh, my God, no, they're getting ready for Monday because they're going to tear the place down, All right. Uh, while they're looking at the bulldozers, dumbass Lou calls... Uh, and says, hey, I hooked up the stuff wrong and everything's on fire and sparking. And behind you, you see the, you see the panel going or whatever. And like, why is this guy there? I thought he was why, there to help. Why is he there alone? Well, that's what I'm saying. He, they brought him in to help put in this dumb furnace and the guy's going to burn the place down and use up all your cucumber mask. So, <laughs> uh, so Jim has to go, <laughs> Uh, and rat finally shows up to Melinda and he tells her, you know, he tried to get everybody out. It was his fault because he let them down, you know, he let them burn. Uh, and, uh, she says, rat, they loved you. You know, you're Peter, like giving him the Peter Pan analogy and all this stuff. And then I wrote down ghost crying. He starts crying. Ghosts can't have feelings. No, they're ghosts. What if they they're wa- stuck in a thing. But what if they have feelings? Don't deny their feelings. That's their right, Mike. So, <laughs> that's a ghost right. Uh, so, she Melinda says, you know, listen, boys, if you can just come outside, I can tell you, you know, the world's not going to hurt you. You know, you can move on. You, you know, she gives them the whole speech. And uh, Rat's like, I ain't going nowhere. He literally says that. I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> so, she takes the boys outside. Again, they're ghosts. She takes them outside, and they say, oh, there's no fire. He was lying, I guess, or he didn't know or whatever. And then we see up in the top window that the dog who, let's see the dog's name. I wrote down the dog. Homer. Homer the dog and Rat the boy are uh, looking down from the window at the other two ghosts getting in her car. She puts the two ghosts in her car and drives them around. Again, I don't think that's how it works. I don't think ghosts can get in a car. <laughs> I mean, they can. <laughs> I'm, I'm, in this world, they can, I guess. Duh. So the ghosts get in the car. Uh, I wrote down. Uh, so the song that they're playing while the ghosts are, are seeing the beautiful city, uh, uh, it's a song by the Eels, uh, a group I really like. I know you've never heard of them. Uh, the Eels did some songs for Shrek. So I don't know if you're familiar with that show. I don't know if that was out when you were born or not. It's definitely a movie. Yeah, well, it's a show. So uh, Um, this Eels song is playing. I wrote down, Eels song plays while ghosts see the town. Dear God. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. Um, So Dirty Dirty Raccoon Boy asks Melinda to be their mother. And she says, well, I can't be your mother, but I, I would be proud to have you as sons, which seems like a, you just met these ghosts. Um, Rat shows up during the auction in which uh, Andrea, so, so they're in the center of town now where the big auction is taking place because everything takes place in the center of this town. Um, they're selling off all the, all the ghostly possessions uh, there at this auction where Andrea is trying to be the auctioneer. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, She's doing a fine job. Um, But the ghost boys are over there going, 5,000, a million, a dollar, whatever. You know, they're over there being kids. That's fine, whatever. But then Rat shows up during the auction, and uh, he asks her. It's finally gotten to him kind of, right? He's like, okay, they left. I can leave. All he wants to do is see Mikey, his brother. And then Melinda promises him that he'll see his brother. She can't promise it. She doesn't know that. Maybe she can. Maybe she knows. How would she know? She sees the ghosties. Right, but she doesn't see them after they cross over. So how does she know he's there? Because they Maybe he's in hell. Maybe the kid was terrible. <laughs> Maybe this is a hell child. <laughs> Listen, okay. the point is to All cross right. them over into the light. So in hopes that they Yeah, see but this you. kid, she doesn't know. She doesn't know if this kid crossed into the light. Maybe she helped this kid cross over into the light. She didn't say that. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Right. I don't know anything. So anyway, she promises the ghost to get out of her way. Uh, and then um, <laughs> we see... We, we're back at her house, and Lou's sitting on the couch with a beer. Uh, Jim comes in and basically says, listen, Lou, you're an idiot. you got to leave. And that's the last we see of Lou. I don't know if he left and hung himself or what happened. <laughs> that's so dark. But Lou's gone. <laughs> Lou just leaves. So I'm an idiot. i got to go. We're back at the auction, and uh, the, guy that, the guy from Hill Street Blues that wants to tear the place down, he's looking at all the stuff. And he sees this big wooden box. It's got the words. It's got the word Ernie inside it. And he touches it like it's going to freaking do something or whatever. But I wrote down wooden box Ernie inside. That's fucking Ernie is what. I wrote down. <laughs> so anyway, Ernie. Uh, she finds out that that is Ernie. She says, "You're the boy that got away." Uh, he takes the Ernie box um, and he takes off. Um, she talks him into going to, uh, back to the house. Cause she says, you know, I can prove it to you. The, the boys are still looking for you, all this kind of stuff. Uh, and we have a breakdown from him about, uh, how they died and he lived, you know, he's, he's questioning That's why. A great, huh? a great story. That's a good story. All right. What a great story. Uh, so <laughs> he used to have a place in the basement. It was his alone place where he would light a candle and look at his hula picture. He has a, he has like one flyer, uh, this, this poor, poor orphan boy who's down in the basement has one flyer with a hula girl on it that he stares at all the time. And he lights a candle. He heard the dog and the kids making a commotion upstairs and he forgot to put out the candle, went right to bed. So he caused the damn fire. Oh, no. Yeah, he burned the whole place down. Uh, all the kids got, tried to get out. He got out, and I, I wrote, he ran turd. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's kind of a jackass. He ran and didn't even look back. I mean, he's like, I got to get out of here. Hey, isn't that thing? Never mind. What? No, it's okay. Okay. So he says the next day he saw the front page of the paper, and it said that he died. Uh, and then... One of my favorite lines of this show is says that he, he crawled into a trash bin and cried until his throat hurt. <laughs> That's so the, here's the part he leaves out, right? He leaves out the fact that he's still freaking Ernie. What does he do between then and now 
He obviously changes his name at some point. He gets he gets millions of dollars, apparently. I want to know that story. What happened after you took off and left all the kids to burn? What what would you do after the trash bin? Well, clearly he changed his name and became a, like a min, millionaire. But like That's a twelve year old kid can't just go change their name. So I mean, what happened between then and eighteen when he could change his name? He'd be homeless. He'd be hustling. He'd be, <laughs> he'd be hustling. <laughs> All right. Uh, so she says, you know, I, the boys are still there. She takes him back to the house. He's like, I don't, I don't believe in any of that stuff. She goes, I'll prove it to you. And then Rat tells the guy through Melinda that it's still there where you hit it. He looks up in the ceiling of the, um, he said he was in the basement, but this is in the attic. It's what it looks like. It's the very top because he pulls it out of like a, out of the roof. He pulls out his hula picture. So I wrote down finds hula girl paper, even though the place burned. Only half of it burned. It burned. They turned it into a, a inn, and yet this, this hula girl picture is still up there. Mm-hmm. It, for anybody, that's a bit mm-hmm. of a stretch. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Sounds accurate. <sighs> okay, so we, we're getting towards the end here. I want to make sure that I remind uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt to please be on our show. Uh, the namesake of our show, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Uh, you can reach us at 254-300-7982. Jennifer Love Hewitt, please be on our show. Uh, so uh, he found the hula girl picture, uh, and then he starts communicating with the boys through Melinda. Uh, they said, hey, you got your teeth fixed, and you're getting real old. He goes, oh, no cavities. These are all false teeth. Um Rat, uh, he tells Rat that he would give all of his money to see him again. Uh, Rat basically says, you know, we're okay now. Uh, You can tear the place down. They're going to go on a new adventure. So the boys have decided they're done. They've fixed everything. They're going to move on, right, now that they saw Ernie. Um, We go to the top of the stairs where the boys magically become clean. They're not not dirty anymore. Because but they haven't crossed over yet. That's what I'm saying. It's because they let go of that thing that was holding them back. So they're the, the dirt. Therefore, the voila, they are free to cross. <sighs> oh, okay. Uh, I said I wrote down they got clean and went into the light. Um, Rat says goodbye, Wendy, to Melinda. Obviously referring to the Peter Pan thing. She says goodbye, Peter. Then the whoosh. Of uh, the wind hits uh, Hill Street Blues man in the face, and he goes, I feel so much better. You know, everything's lifted or whatever. Uh-huh. So, I mean, it's great. It's a good ending, okay? However, I'd like to know something. Is heaven at the top of those stairs? Is that where heaven is? Because <laughs> why didn't they just go there? I mean, because they just go to the top of the stairs, and then they disappear. Is that is that where the door to heaven is? <laughs> no, it's just... It's a concept, the concept that they could just cross over. Why'd they have to go to the top of the stairs then? Why didn't they just stand still and cross over? Mm, I, okay, I don't see, know. It's yeah, just the concept uh-huh, of right. you got to walk into the light. So they had to walk into the light. Okay. So they walked into the light. Everything's great. <laughs> Ernie feels wonderful. Everything's good. We don't find out whether they tore the place down or not. Don't know. Right? That's never answered. I'm assuming no. We don't know what happened to Hill Street Blues Boy. 
We don't know where he went. I guess he's fine now. He's going to go rolling his money like Scrooge McDuck. Um, and so the next scene we have right before the credits is uh, the Melinda and Jim are canoodling in their own bed, um, talking about the future or whatever. Uh, and um, they said they're talking about stupid Lou. And how Lou left, and he goes, yeah, Lou really changed. She goes, no, you did. And so that's really touching. Uh, and we hear glass break downstairs. Something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're like, oh, my God. They get up out of bed. They go down and they look. Guess who it is? It's the puppy. It's a damn ghost dog playing puppy. ball with himself. So he has the ball in his mouth at the top of the stairs. He lets it go, and then he catches it. At the bottom of the stairs. Like he goes, poof, 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 poof. This ghost is running around. Why can't the ghost, why can't the dog cross over? We find, we find out later. Oh, seriously? We do find out in oh, a later Oh, so episodes. she keeps the damn ghost dog in her house? <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Okay. That's, well, that makes it a little better. That makes one, that's an unanswered, like, yeah, that's a question that's unanswered until later. <laughs> <laughs> I just wrote a note at the end that says this show sucks. <laughs> it's not a it's, okay. So here's here's the thing: the show is not awful, awful. It's just it's not my cup of tea, right? I mean, it's it, great acting by Jennifer Love Hewitt, who should be on our show. And if she wanted to be on our show, she could call us at two five four three hundred seven nine eight two. But um, I have a problem with the ghost physics. And how all of that works. Um, I mean, if you think a ghost talk could poof from the top to the bottom of the I didn't think you were going to say poof. (laughs) (laughs) Who cleans up after a ghost dog? (laughs) But if he he poofs from one end to the... Why can't other ghosts? That's what I'm saying. Why can't they just just poof, 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 poof? But why is the dog in her house? Because it had to find a new home. Okay, I don't understand this. With new people. Because at the beginning, she says that they're tied to a place, and then she puts them in her car and moves them. It seems like she's playing God with these ghosts, <laughs> right? <laughs> she's just running them around all over the place, <laughs> playing eels songs at the top of the volume. Okay, well, that is uh, that is season one, episode one million, and, uh, oh, sorry, five, and... Um, I, for one, can say I am. I was very happy at the end when I realized it was over. <laughs> oh my god! No, I'm sorry. I'm being really hard on it. I'm sorry. Um, it it it's a fine show. I I think that Jennifer Love Hewitt has done better work. Uh, she was very good in it, but I I think she has been in better vehicles than than this show. Red Jeep. Yeah, she's been in a red Jeep with ghosts packed in it. Um, but once more, let me, let me, uh, uh, say this one more time. Uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt, please be on our show. You can reach us at 254-300-7982. You just have to call once. Uh, we're located at 1129 Webster Avenue in Waco, Texas, where you're from. And, uh, our email address is info at roguemedianetworks.com. If it makes you feel any better, she yeah. up, she upgrades her red Jeep. Oh, really? To a brand new red Jeep. She upgrades her red Jeep to a brand new red Jeep? Yeah. At some point, magically, she just gets a brand new red Jeep. Oh, really? <laughs> Doesn't no explanation, no nothing. It's just a, ghost. a brand new it's red a ghost Jeep. Jeep. Uh, I did want to mention a couple of things here. Um, so, 
we um we've been following Jennifer Love Hewitt on Instagram under our uh, our handle, which is uh, please be on our show. Uh, if anybody wants to follow us on Instagram, we are at please be on our show. Uh, she is very active with 2021 under, underscore co. So two zero two one underscore co. Uh, that is uh, the place where she has her holiday tags, uh, where you can go and get holiday tags. They're all made in New England. Uh, designed with a purpose, artistically crafted, stationary teas, candles, and more. So that is 2021 underscore co. Uh, then also she loves Holiday Warehouse. Holiday Warehouse. Uh, they are in Plano, Texas. So they're so pretty close to us. Is this like an Amazon warehouse? Nope. This is a holiday warehouse where they keep all the holidays. Uh, it says family-owned showroom featuring holiday home and event decor based in Plano, Texas. Their hours are Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Sunday, 12 to 6. You can get to them at HolidayWarehouse.com. I like how you had to take a breath there. Uh, well, I run out of breath. Um... <laughs> So, uh, you should check both of those out, 2021 Co. and Holiday Warehouse. Uh, and then, of course, if you're listening to this and uh, you can't get enough of uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt, then uh, check us out at roguemedianetwork.com. Or you can follow Jennifer Love Hewitt at Jennifer Love Hewitt on Instagram. All right. Anything else we got there, uh, Allison? Nope, I'm excited for another episode. <laughs> so, season one, episode six is what's coming up. You yep. want to give me any hints? You know anything about it? Oh, not off the top of my you gotta head. Got to look. <laughs> <laughs> Sign of a good show when you got to look it up. To be fair, I've watched this show like five times. You've watched it all the way through like five times, right? Yes. Okay. I should definitely know this show better than I do. You should definitely see a psychiatrist is what you should do. That's what, that's the should. But anyway, uh, check us out at roguemedianetwork.com and we will see you next time. Bye. Yikes. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.